Thank you, Lord. Oh, wrong way. <laughs> How many know that God loves us? That He's for us and not against us? How many know that God will, on your worst day, still love you like He did, does on your best day? And anyone who comes to Him is completely accepted. There's not one person that runs to the Lord and He goes, "Yeah, you're not. You don't, you don't qualify. You're you man. You blew it way too big. You really messed up." Anyone who comes to the Lord is accepted by Him. Amen? Amen? But how many know also that He's not going to leave you all messed up when you come to Him? He's not going to leave you jacked up and say, okay, now just keep figuring it out on your own and keep dealing with all the problems that you've been dealing with your whole life on your own. He's going to change us. He's going to do a work inside of us that we can't do. He's going to do it. He wants us to run to Him. And when we, when, he, when we do, He's there. And He's there to make a difference. And it's not just a little tweak. It's usually a massive overhaul. And it might be a massive overhaul over time. But any, anything short of us talking like Jesus 100% of the time acting like Jesus 100% of the time, having the results and the ministry that Jesus had 100% of the time. Anything short of that would mean we're still in the path, of, we're still in the progress of changing. We're, still, we're all still needing to run to Him. There's not one person in here that says, okay, I've arrived. I have the full manifestation in my life of everything that Jesus has. But how many know... There's other people that are, there's some that are a lot closer, right? And there's those that have left and those that haven't yet. Those that have, they're in progress. And those that are just kind of taking that first step, maybe even tonight. I'm, I'm stepping out towards, towards God and He's going to change me. Uh, I, have a, I have a verse for you if you've got your, your Bibles. And it was just... It just seemed good tonight to give glory to God because His glory is here. Sometimes that's a tough concept for us to understand because that word gets used a lot in our, in our society. But the glory of God is something that we have to be all about. We want the glory of God in our lives. Who's got the dog whistle? <laughs> Am I the only one that can hear that? <laughs> You're too old. <laughs> All the young people, you can hear that, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. That was very high-pitched. Praise God. Still got young ears. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse, we'll start in verse, uh, verse 16. Nevertheless, you guys there? 
3.16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You know, in the Old Covenant, they had to have a veil between the presence of God and mankind. Mankind, in our, in our sinful uh, status that we were in, we couldn't go look and be in the glory of the Lord. It would actually cause... Do you guys remember what they used to do even to the, to the priests who would go in, who would make sacrifice for sin? They would tie a bell around their, their foot and a rope. And they would listen on the outside as they went in. And if they heard it stop, they'd start pulling the dead priest out. Lost another one. <laughs> Those poor Levites. <laughs> but they had a veil. There was... There was, uh, because of sin, there was this inability for mankind to be in the glory of God. And so here, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. There's no longer a curtain up between you and the Lord. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The presence of God, this presence of the Spirit of God is going to bring freedom, which is what we're already experiencing tonight, greater measure of His freedom. Verse 18, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we're being transformed by what? The Spirit of the Lord, but it specifically says the glory of the Lord. Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. The same image of what? The glory of the Lord. What you're beholding. It's kind of an interesting concept that what you look at is what you become. Where your eyes are focused, what your attention is on, is what you will do. It's how you'll act. It's how you'll think. So it's, it's up to us to keep our attention, our focus on Him, on the One who is the glory of the Lord. And as we do that, we're changed into what? The same image. 1 Corinthians, I think it's eleven seven says that man is the reflection of the glory of the Lord. We're designed to reflect the glory of God. We're designed that when we look at Him, we're changed into the same image, which means when others look at us, what do they see? The glory of God. The glory of God all over us. Well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like a life changed. Because it says right here that we're changed. We're changed into what? Jesus we're changed into a, a lifestyle that looks, talks, thinks like Jesus. You know, I had this, this revelation a while back that I thought was uh, worth sharing right now, which is any area in our life where we're not looking like Jesus, kind of how I mentioned before, acting like Jesus, uh, not seeing the results that Jesus had. Any area should show us that there's some sort of deception that we've believed. There's some sort of lie. There's some sort of, some sort of th- disconnect inside of us where we say, you know what? 
man, I, there's, there's some sort of change that needs to take place in me. When, when there's like a lash out of anger, a lash out where it's like, whoop, that wasn't love. That didn't look like love in the flesh like Jesus. It should, it, we should then say, you know what? It's time for us to get back looking at the image of the glory of God. And it'll change us. It'll cause us to go from glory to glory. And God wants, to, God wants you to be a, a, a big reflector of him. When people see you, they should be like, man, look at, look at that person. It's like, it's like God's all over them. And how does that, that doesn't happen by you mustering up the ability to do it. It happens by where you set, set your attention. Where's your focus? What are you, what are you focused on? If it's on him, day in and day out, your mind stayed on the Lord. You start thinking like he does. You start acting and talking like he does. And all of a sudden, people are like, what is going on with this guy? What is going on with, with her? What is going on? Something's changing over there. And see, the world needs the glory of God seen through you. Your friends, your family members, they need to see the glory of God in you. On you, around you, the testimonies that you have of God doing some things in your life. People need to hear that. People need to see it. This this world is only growing darker. You know, there's we we would love it if everything just somehow magically changed to where it was all getting better. Here's the here's the reality. It's going to get a lot better for some. For others it's going to get worse. We're, they're going to they're going to have a greater darkness that they're walking in tomorrow than they are today and and for others they're going to have a greater light than they're walking in today. So the darkness is going to get darker, the light's going to get brighter. And that's just how it's going to be till the end. Till Jesus comes back, that's the way it's going to be. But see, we're called the light of the earth. We're called to reflect the one who is the light. Amen? And how do you reflect more and more of him? You spend time with him. You look at him. You focus your attention on his words. And and when you see Jesus in the scripture, when I read uh, the gospels, I'm picturing me doing those things. What does it look like when you're the ones that are calling Lazarus forth? When you're the one that's speaking to the wind and the waves and they're listening? When you're the one that's offering up bread and fish and, and saying thank you to that and it starts multiplying? See, for us, now let me go a step further. What if, what if you're the one on the cross and saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do? Seeing yourself act, act in the same love that Jesus showed, the, showed this world. I mean, come on, how, you can't get greater love than that. Some would say, you know, how do I, I just want to know that the Lord loves me. Listen, meditate on the cross. Meditate on what Jesus did for you. When you realize what Jesus did for you, it's hard to not experience the love of God. It will overwhelm you when you get, when you actually understand what took place. It'll overwhelm you, and His love will be so so rich in your heart, so rich in your life. It won't be something that you're needing to to experience. I got to go look for another experience with God. No, 
I had an experience with the Lord, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start meditating on, on what Jesus did for me when he showed me that love. Amen? Amen. And then there's going to be some people that do some things to you. There's going to be people that do some things that are not so nice. It might even be a fellow believer. It might be someone in this room pokes you the wrong way, maybe says something behind your back. What's, what's your response? How many know that over and over in Scripture, uh, Jesus is walking in love even when those around him are not, including his disciples? Turn, turn real quick. I wasn't sure if we're going to go here, but we'll turn to Luke chapter 9. I believe the Lord has some things He's wanting to change in us. One of that, one of those things that I believe as, we're, as we look at Him and look at what He's doing in Scripture and looking how He behaved, how He thought, it's going to change in us. And one of the things is our ability to walk in love. Our ability to walk in love. Uh, let's do, start Luke 9 and verse 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, and he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a a village of, uh, of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because he was, uh, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? What was, what was the disciples' response to those who would reject the Lord? The disciples' response was like, you're, you, you're going to get s- struck from heaven right now. We're going to call... And what's interesting is Jesus' response to this isn't, well, you can't do that. <laughs> No, I think they probably, when they asked this, they were thinking they could, and Jesus was probably thinking, yeah, you probably could. But, but look at the motive, and look at what Jesus says, and how he thinks about this. But he turned and rebuked them, his disciples. Jesus rebukes his disciples and says, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And then they went to another village. See, Jesus's, Jesus's view was, I need, I need to help people, I need to save people, and if they don't, if they don't want anything of what I got, next village, <laughs> next village, next one. It's, it's not, oh, how dare you. Oh, I can't believe you would say that. I can't believe you would reject the Lord like that. No. See, even, even when Jesus was on the cross, something that the Lord showed me was, was when he was on the cross, the people that put him there, they didn't even know what they were doing. Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. See, you know how like when you're when you, like if you go look at a light for a while, right? Look at the light and then you close your eyes. A lot of times the light turns dark 
and everything around it turns bright. Like if you were to stare at the stage for a while and then close your eyes, you'll almost see the same pattern in the stage, but almost in the negative sense, right? Where wherever there was light becomes dark and everything else becomes brighter. And, and the Lord was saying that that's the way those who have been blinded think. Those who have been blinded by the enemy, when their, when their eyes are closed, they look at something that they think is light and it's darkness. They, they look at, at evil, what's really evil, and they think it's good. They look, they totally believe. I mean, think about how many people currently, and not to get political on you, but how many people in our country think abortion is just, it's loving. It, yeah, I mean, it's life and death. How many people think, you know, slaughtering the unborn is a loving act? There are, there's massive amounts of those in our country right now. It's like, how could you even, I can't even wrap my mind around that. But, but the, the problem is their eyes have been darkened. Their understanding has been darkened. They don't see things like you see. Because your eyes are opened. Because you see things according to the way they are. With the, with the light being truth and the light being good. And whereas someone who's in darkness, evil seems right. It's the old saying, what are sinners going to do? Sin. Sinners going to sin. That's what they do. We shouldn't be shocked by that. It shouldn't be like a, I can't believe they're sinning. I can't believe they want to kill a bunch of unborn kids. No, it's going to get worse, by the way. The, the sinners are going to get more sinful. The righteous should at the same time get more righteous, get more set apart, more contrast to the darkness. We should be able to see the darkness and say, yeah, that's, that's really dark, that's really bad. But listen, at the same time, have the approach Jesus had when he saw those that were in darkness committing darkness, committing evil, and say, Father, forgive them. They're not even aware of what they're doing. They don't have an understanding of the evil that they're doing. And so Jesus is in the middle of dying for them right then. The same people that, he put, that put him on the cross, he's in the middle of dying for. His blood is in the middle of cleansing the very sin that's, that they're committing at that very moment. And see, that's the kind of love that we have to show this world. We have to both have a, a complete awareness of good and evil. Have it obvious. What's darkness? What's light? What's truth? What's a lie? What's good? What's wrong? And at the same time, those people who are walking in that darkness have compassion, have a heart that goes out to them, knowing that they're not doing it because they're they're not fully aware of what they're doing. They're not fully understanding the, the repercussions and the, and the consequences of their actions. They have no idea. So for us, to walk in the light is to walk like Jesus did. And to behold the glory of the Lord is to not come out and act like a jerk. It's not to come out and tell people, you're doing this wrong. How dare you do this? is to come out and say, hey, God loves you. He died for you. He wants a relationship with you. 
Because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, not you pointing out their flaws, not, not us condemning the world. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. So what, what about his body? Did his body come to condemn the world also? It's happening. Is his body here to, to tell the world, this is wrong, you're doing all this wrong? Or is his body here to bring a different message? A message of hope? A message of love? A message that's not afraid to call a spade a spade? Not afraid to say this is wrong? But at the same time say, but God's graceful. He's merciful. He wants to show you how much He cares about you. Because I don't know about you, but it wasn't some preacher telling me to do, stop doing wrong things that made me start doing the right things. It was, it was God who worked inside of me, who I said, okay, God, you apparently want me for some reason. I don't understand. I wouldn't want me if I were you. I know... I know what I've done in this world and how horrible I've been as a human being. Why would you possibly want anything to do with me? But it's not up to me. It's up to you. So, okay, you have me. And as I began to, to seek him, as I began to, to have encounters with him over and over and over, develop a relationship that was real, wasn't, wasn't just some religious thing. It was a life-changing thing. And all of a sudden, I didn't want to do darkness anymore. Dark things sounded like a dumb idea. Like, what? that's just dumb. Why would I go get drunk? It's just dumb. I'm going to wake up with a hangover. I'm going to make a bunch of dumb choices while I'm, while I'm doing it. I'm going to make a fool of myself the whole time. Like, I remember having that epiphany when I was in the middle of having a conversation with the Lord on my way to a party. On my way to go to go drink, and him ask, "Hey, why do you why do you get drunk?" I just heard it right in the inside of me. Why do you why do you, and it wasn't it wasn't condemning, it wasn't it wasn't this, it didn't it didn't it didn't hurt when he said it even. When he said it, it was like I started to begin I began to analyze, why in the world do I get drunk? <laughs> why in the world do I do this? And you and as I begin to think about it. Well, I know why I used to, because I used to not have a great life. I used to want to have a substitute in my life because I needed to, I needed an escape from reality. But my reality is awesome now. My reality with you, God, is awesome. I guess I just don't need that anymore. And I, and like the more I think about it, God, it just seems dumb. <laughs> It just seems like a really stupid thing to do to go make poor choices, make a fool of myself, and and tomorrow I know how I'm going to feel. And that's not good. And so I drove to that party and didn't drink at all. Hung out with all my friends because those are the only friends I had were partiers at the time. Hung out with everybody, watched them all get drunk, took some people home who needed a ride, and from that day forward, I was done getting drunk. But it wasn't, it wasn't a condemning message from the Lord. It wasn't, it wasn't somebody saying, you better not drink, you better not get drunk. It was God who showed me his goodness, 
who I put all my faith in and all my trust in, and I was beholding the glory of the Lord. And what happened? I got changed. I got changed on the inside. It didn't happen through willpower. It happened through a relationship. It happened through me just saying, okay, God, I want more of you. Realizing that at the same time that, man, I have missed it in life up to this point. I'm not qualified to be even in your presence, but yet here you are wanting me to come closer. And that's where it says right there in that scripture, it says, when we turn to him, the veil's gone. <laughs> and that's what he wants for us to do, is just keep turning to him. That was, the, that was the interpretation of the tongue. Look on him, focus on him, keep your eyes on him. And, and you're, you, you have the same results. Like, well, how, how does that happen? You have the same results Jesus had. I mean, Peter, who was not even a saved person, went on to deny the Lord three times because some little girl was, you know, calling him out as being a follower of Jesus. Big bad Peter. Previous to that, in that fallen state, he walks on water. What? That, that's, that's like Jesus-level stuff right there. But, but look and see how Peter did it. He had his eyes on, on Jesus the whole time. Until he took him off, and then what happened? He started not getting Jesus' results. Jesus' results happen when our eyes are on him. When our, when our attention's on him, I'm, I'm seeking him. God, whatever you want, I'm here for. I want my life to reflect your glory. I want my life to be a reflection of who you are. I want, I want to know you more. I want you to say anything that you want to say. And the Lord is going to tell you secrets and he's going to tell you things that only he has for you because you will get close to him. Sometimes we think of the Lord as just this unknowing, you can't possibly know who he is, just this kind of nebulous being out there. That is totally not who God is. God has designed this relationship for you to know him, for you to have a real relationship where his voice is real to you. His voice is something you don't hear, you know, once in a blue moon, but it's every day. There's the voice of God right there on the inside leading me to do this. Oh, I got angry for a second, and there was the voice of the Lord. Yeah, you're right, God. I remember I remember a situation with my wife before we were even married, and, uh, and she had done something, and I was ticked. I was so mad, like livid. <laughs> she knows. And I wanted to hold it against her and say, no, 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 no. And we weren't married at the time, and I was like ready to be done. I was just ready to be like, I'm done with this. And, and then uh, and she goes, well, and I, and she goes well, will you forgive me? And in my heart, I was like, no. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> you don't deserve it. Which is true. <laughs> Totally over this one. 
But how many know forgiveness has nothing to do with deserving it? And I remember in my, ugh, and I, and I just heard the Lord inside of me say, well, what did I forgive you of? And I go, ugh. <laughs> totally disarmed me. And I wanted to be mad, and I wanted to be, but I was like, you know what? You're right, God. If there's something you want me to do is forgive, you want me to do this? I know what you forgave me of, and it's way worse than what she did. Way worse. And I know I didn't deserve being forgiven either, but you did it anyway. You see, it's that type of love that this world needs. And so I, I turned to her, I said, okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. And literally from that night on, our relationship like took off. It was from that night we both knew that this is, this is God now, 100%. There's no question of, of what this is anymore. It's the night she got saved, actually. She, she got saved that night. But it was the love of God. It was the love of God that she, she saw. And it wasn't me trying to put on a face. It was a relationship that I had with God where I did something that I couldn't do on my own. I couldn't do without God doing it through me. And that's how it's designed to work. You're supposed to love the earth. You're supposed to love this world, show the love of God to this world because it's God doing it through you. You yielding to the love. For God so loved the world. That, that love should come right through us. People should be able to see the love of God in you. Your, your unsaved friends, what do they think of you? They probably have a, you know, a, possibly a bad perspective of you. But that's okay. Show them love anyway. Show them the goodness of God anyway. Don't sit there and try to nitpick in their life. Try to, try to tell them what's, what's, what's wrong they're doing. Listen, they're, they're supposed to be doing wrong stuff. They're sinners. <laughs> they have sin on the inside of them. It's going to come out. The idea is, how do you get the sin on the inside out? They need the love of God. They need to have an encounter with the love of God that happens through salvation, that happens through Jesus coming in and setting up shop inside of them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So as we look to God, as we look upon His face, let's know that we're going to be changed. And that change, it, you, didn't, you missed it if you walk out of that encounter with the Lord and you're still a grump. <laughs> you're still a jerk. You're still rude to people. You're still you know, mean to people who are mean to you. I recently had a, an incident where someone tried to rip off the door handle of my door, trying to get, break into my truck as I'm in it, like they wanted to fight. Yeah, yeah road rage. And, and, I, and I just remember like, man, I don't understand why this guy is so livid. And I just, I just was talking to him calmly and saying, you know, the, the things that you would say in that situation, like, can I have my door handle back? And... <laughs> Let me let, let me take a picture of your license plate. But I never once raised my voice. I never once said anything that was rude or and I and there was I had did I have those emotions going on the inside? I wanted to be mad. I wanted to tell this guy off and you know duke it out with him. But it's like that's not who I am. And that's not who who God inside me wants to do. He wants to show this guy his love. I know that. 
Amen. I didn't really get to see him after the whole incident, but I'm sure I will because, you know, he has to pay for it now. (laughs) (laughs) But the love of God in you will cause you to just ignore some things, ignore some things that are done to you that are wrong and have you respond with a smile on your face, even though on the inside you're like, I don't want to smile. On the inside, I don't want to be nice to this guy. I don't want to be friendly. But the love of God in you will produce the love out of you. God's love is not meant to just be experienced by you. It's meant to flow through you. Over, it's supposed to overflow in your life. Amen? Amen? Praise God. You, you guys got something? I'll just say this one thing. You can stay here. Uh, I'm sorry about the door incident. Right <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. And the handles in my car. You I'll, still put got it, it? I'll put okay. it in your office. Uh, uh, I'll just say this. You were a part, you are a part of God's plan for, some, for someone else's life. And, and someone else is a part of God's plan for your life. Amen. Amen. That's all I'm going to say. Amen. So good. So good. Amen. Well, I think, I think it's been a good night. Who in here experiences the glory of God tonight, has experienced the glory of God tonight? I know, that, I know that he's doing some mighty works in us. He's got where he's taking us. It's going to be a place where we have, we have to get acclimated to the heights he's taking us. As a body, one of, those, one of those things that has to come off is part of the old man. It's just, it's just the way you dealt with people in the past. How you lashed out, how you responded. It's going to take that falling off for us to go where God's calling us to go. And for you to reach who you're supposed to reach, we're about this valley. We're about taking this valley for the kingdom of God. It, pastor Mark can't do it by himself. Pa- the pastors here can't do it by ourselves. There's, there's no one person who's going to do it. It's going to be the body of Christ reflecting the love of God, and, they're going to, and the world's going to see it. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Um, I think that's all I got. Um, Anything, any announcements or anything we got? Good? All right. Bless you guys. We will see you guys on Sunday.